What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Burn Down. Today's episode, we are talking about five books that you should read in 2021. We're also going to go over why reading is important, why it's good for you. Stay tuned, coming up next on The Burn Down. Welcome back, everybody, to another, another, another fantastic, beautiful, great, glorious episode of the Burn Down Podcast. My colleague over to the right of me, as you know, is Justin, a.k.a. Dapper Cigar. This guy over here, this handsome fellow, this nice-looking guy. How you doing? Bada bing, bada boom. Hey, what's going on? My name's Eric, a.k.a. Brother Cigar. And today, we wanted to talk about books and reading. Books. Books. Stuff. That is good for your soul, good for your brain, good for your psyche, stuff that's good all around in your life. So we're going to go over five books that you must read in 2021. We have, he's got two books, I got two books, and then we have one book that we both agree on. We're also going to talk about, like Eric said, why it's good for you, why reading is good for the soul, good for your brain, good for your mind, good for your body, good for your psyche, good for your emotional health, your mental health, your physical health, everything. It's good for you. It's freaking good for you. So, but first we do that. But first we do that. Before, before we, do we do that, that we must first. There we go. Smoke a cigar or get a cigar lit, lit, and drink some uh, some good old. What does a uh, cigar boss man call it? Uh, lead. Morning lead or afternoon lead. So why don't you tell? Why don't you tell the the viewers, the listeners, all the fans out there? Yeah, where so, we got these from? Where we got these delicious yeah, treats? So they're brand new. And thank you and shout out to our good friends down in the Carolinas, Cigar Gentleman and Cigar Chick. They're a married couple who both have different cigar accounts, and they enjoy our podcast, and we're friends with them. And they said, you know what? Have you guys tried these? We said, nope, never have. And they said, all right, done deal. Shipped it to New York. Shipped it us all the way up in the good old New York State. Good old Big Apple. We're drinking some, which I've never had before, Rabbit Hole. Cave Hill, Kentucky Straight, Bourbon Whiskey, 95 proof. And the bottle I have here is Heaven Hill, Kentucky Straight, Bourbon Whiskey, seven years old. A little higher alcohol content than one, 50% on this one. Damn. Usually you see about 40, 45%, right? Yeah, what is that a, one? This is 47 and a half. Okay, so so this is right up there. I think once it gets past a certain percentage, it can't be called Bourbon Whiskey get, anymore, you right? You get called that, that moonshine. That's a shine. But uh, I like Rabbit Hole. I like, I mean, Rabbit Hole. I never had it. I just like the look of the bottle. That's it really looks what I, very classy. It's good. It's it a does. Good, it's good grasps, grasp in the hand. It's good. Here, okay, we'll switch. You yeah. grab this one, yeah. I'll grab that Get one. the feel for it. Get the feel for this it. Is, this is a nice bottle. Right? Look, I mean, look, you can see right through it. Look at that. Beautiful. It's nice. So thank you, Cigar Gentleman and Cigar Chick, for these lovely bottles, which we'll, we will be enjoying today. Yeah, so. we're both going to try them, actually. So we're going to start, like, one person going to start with one, the other with the other. Yeah. And then we're going to taste flip-flop. it and flip-flop it. So Take a little swig of water. But uh, again, thank you guys. Appreciate all the love and support. This one's on you guys. So. And now, what are we smoking? So I have, I thought this would pair well with uh, some rabbit hole and some, some bourbon. It is the good old Viva La Vida by Artensando de Tabaco. It's a good stick. Is Classic. that the Diademas? No. That's Torpedo. This is the Torpedo. The Diademus is the, the, the unique, the unique yeah. size that you don't really see. But Viva La Vida can be paired well with this. I'm um, looking forward to it. What do you got? And I have The Wise Man by Foundation Cigars. I love this smoke. Very velvety. Dude, that thing looks like it's so smooth. It looks like 
a chocolate bar. It does. It it looks so damn good. It looks, you know, like when you go on Instagram and you take a story and there's a filter where it kind of smooths everything out. Yeah, that's what that looks like. The Paris filter. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what it is. It's exactly that. That wrapper looks so silky and smooth. It's crazy. It's, it's a box pressed torpedo, I believe. I mean, that's what I would guess. Maybe a belly, bellicoso. I don't know. That's good. So we're gonna get these uh, cut, lit, get that poured out, and then we're back to talk to you about five books you must read in 2021. <laughs> Uh, change of uh, course of action here. I gave Justin a little whiff of that rabbit hole, and he was like, "Yo, that smells delicious." <laughs> you gave me a whiff of the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> you sniffed that rabbit hole, boy. I gave just a little whiff of the rabbit hole. Hey! He, was, he was hooked. How that rabbit hole smell there for you, boy? Oh my god, look at the levels on that bitch. Oh my god. So, anyways, yeah, I gave Justin a sniff of that whiskey, that bourbon. Holy shit! And he was like, that "Damn, was that smells good." Let me, uh, let's both drink that for now. So, all right. So, cheers to the cigar gentleman, cigar chick. Thank you very much. Cheers. Mmm. Sweet and yummy. Smooth. Sweet, woody. Very woody. And very light mouthfeel. Like, it doesn't, it's not very oily. What is a light mouthfeel? Like, uh, um, doesn't burn? No, a light mouthfeel, it doesn't. It's not very thick. It's very thin. It's very. It doesn't like. It's not very oily. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like you ever have, um, like I always tell the difference of have like a stout, right? Drink like a stout beer, and you put it in your mouth. It's very creamy, very he- heavy, oily versus like a light beer. It's just kind of light sits there. And, sure. All so right. That's very. That's lighter for light a bourbon. mouth feel. I like that. No, it tastes good. Good with the good with the uh, with the cigar. Mm. All right. So first book. Okay. First book. You want to start it off now? These are five books that. We feel our must-reads in 2021. If you're looking for new books and you're not sure what to read, we're going to recommend five here. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to talk about why reading is important. Maybe we should talk about that first and then save the five books for the yeah, end. Yeah, let's do that. Um, but let's do that. We have five books. Got- you might have heard of some of these, and we tried to pick some some that aren't super, super common. Like one book right off the bat, Everybody's Success Book, Think and Grow Rich. Okay? Fantastic book. I recommend you read it. You probably recommend you read it too. But it's a very well-known book. Mm-hmm. So we tried to pick some that you may not have heard of. Yeah. So let's talk about why is reading important. Let me tell you this. For the people that are like, I hate reading. I don't know what to read. Reading's this, reading's that. I was just, I never read a book. I really never got into reading until like three years ago. Mm-hmm. I Growing up, I mean, I made my mom buy all the Harry Potter books because I thought they looked cool. Never even cracked them open. <laughs> I I was always so consumed by other things, and I thought reading was just not a waste of time, but something that wasn't for me. I never um, read unless I was forced to for, exactly. for read a textbook like, or something. Like in college, I read The Dust Bowl about freaking Henry Ford and uh, stuff like that. But I didn't actually go off on my own and read. So it is possible to read if you haven't read your whole life. You just got to find some things that you like to read or some interests I know it's a lot easier said than done. Mm-hmm. You actually have to think like what would be – you might like sports, but sports reading might not be intriguing to you. So maybe you like like drama or like love books or some shit or you know uh, business or self-embedderment books. But 
uh, finally, like I started reading like like mafia books, like ma- yeah. like mob books. I read the Loft Hands of Heist, stuff about oh, yeah. John Gotti, uh, Johnny Bra- Donnie Brasco, and then that's what really led me to these kind of books, these self betterment books. And there's and there's really you know two different types of books, if you will. There's the uh, books for pleasure. Like you said, like the, I mean, some of those, the history books are a little bit, you know, they're kind of educational as well. You're learning history. Yeah. But there's books that are for pleasure that you're, you're reading, like the Harry Potter books. Pleasure, 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 They're like the Harry Potter books, right? Those aren't very educational books. They're pleasure books, right? They're good for, to, to, um, to enjoy. Then there's other books that we call, um, uh, PMA books, positive mental attitude books, or personal development books that are educational, that you're trying to better yourself, okay? And then there's like the history books that kind of go between that because you're gaining knowledge of the history, but some of them might be entertaining like the the mafia books and stuff like that. So what we're talking to you today are about some of the personal development books on how you can become a better person, how you can work on yourself. Um, but why is reading so important? Eric, pose the question to you. What do you think that reading... Why is it so good for you? Why is it so important that people read? I think it's important to read because you're – it's a way – it reminds me of a cigar, right? Cigar, you're, you're decompressing and you're relaxing. When you're reading a book, you're not reading a book or smoking a cigar in a busy cra- – I mean, you might smoke a cigar in a busy, crazy area. But most of the time, you're in a quiet, controlled environment. Yeah. Same thing with a book. You're usually reading a book because it's peaceful, you're relaxing, and you're either trying to get some kind of entertainment from it or learn from it. And I think books are very good because it it, it kind of flickers something else different in the brain as opposed to like learning it. Like someone telling you is what it is. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a different concept when you're reading it and you're comprehending it um, through reading and not through, I guess, through verbally from someone, someone telling you. But I just think it's good for, for your brain because it's constantly growing, whether it's history, whether it's self-embetterment, whether it's entertainment, and it expands your vocabulary. It kind of um, – it, it for me, reading it, it like – it brings more of a reality to it because I can re- – like I don't know how to explain it. Like I can relate more to re- like real life stuff when I read books as opposed to before, if that makes sense. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I never thought of it like that, but that's interesting. You know, so um, – I was like over the top of the dome. Doesn't matter. But, I like it. That's a good. I like but, that. Uh, it's a good answer. But uh, what about you? I know. I know we're gonna nice have a nice in depth answer here. No, I think I just think reading is good. It's good for your brain. I think that when you compare, you know, taking time to sit down and read versus taking time to sit down and watch TV, I think that reading is better for your brain. Your brain is more active. When you're reading, mm-hmm. than when you're sitting in front of a television and vegging out. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think reading is a great way to expand your knowledge, expand your vocabulary, and I also think um, reading is a way for humans to download new software, if you will. Nice, right? It's a good way of putting it. So, whereas you're you're reading it in your own head voice, okay? So it's coming in. I know you take a lot of notes too. So when you read information, you have one piece of information, you're reading it, you're saying it to yourself in your brain, so it's a second time. If you write it down, now you're writing it down, which is a third time that you're reading it, and then you're also reading what you write, so it's a fourth. Im- so you're kind of getting four inputs of the same material. Yeah. Whereas if you're just sitting there you can watching something, you're really not activating and engaging your brain muscle, if you will, yep. to 
you're just kind of, you can zone out. Because how many times can you just zone out on a TV? I have no idea what you just watched, okay? All the time. So I think that reading is very important. It's a way that you can download new software. Um, and also, you can, I mean, it's kind of how another way that you can take, you can dive into somebody else's brain, somebody else's thoughts. Yeah. Right? Whereas You can learn from people's mistakes. Yeah. Learn from people's obstacles, different life experiences. That way, if you do come across it, you know, you might you might be a little more prepared or might be more prepared out of a handle situation or something like that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when I say television, it's not to be confused with educational television. If you're watching documentaries, if you're watching um, uh, the History Channel, if you're watching how how it's made stuff, you know, that's educational television. Yeah. I'm comparing it to... Is the Food Network educational? Learn how if to you're going to be a cook, then yes. I but, love Food Network. Right? I think that, like, I'm talking about sitting down and just watching a movie. Okay? Now, there's Reality a time TV. and place for everything. Reality TV is garbage, but there's a time and place for everything. I'm talking, like, don't sit in front of a TV for four hours. Okay? If you want to sit at the end of the night, watch a movie with your loved one, fantastic. Okay? Yeah. But you got to pick up a book and read. Okay? You got to read. Look at any successful person ever, like, highly successful person, and ask them. Like, look at all the multimillionaires in the world. Look at all the influential leaders. Look at everybody. Ask them if they read. And that's Absolutely. A, and that is another reason why I started reading because yes, me too. I started realizing that highly successful people um, and just just very highly successful and highly positive people. Like you don't even have to be rich or anything like that. People who have good like moral character and like who just enjoy life and have the highest epitome of life because they're like, I love life. Read books. And um, – that was one – I was like, you know what? If I want to be successful, if I want to be, uh, you know, that type of person, that type of caliber of person, I got to start reading books. And once you start reading books, like people who also start reading kind of gravitate towards you because it's like once you – it's like someone who knows the same movie as you, right? You're like, oh, you know, this and that. But like if you read like a really in-depth book that's like super detailed about whatever and you find someone that has actually read that, you can kind of pick up on their type of character. You know what I mean? Like obviously, me and you are the same type of person. So we uh, we read some same some of the same books. But like you know, when we were talking to Armando Montalongo, you mentioned I forgot what book. Yeah, we we'll already, talk about it. Yeah, and, and he already picked up. He's like, oh, that's a great book. And it's like, all right, mm-hmm. well, you know, this guy's kind of the same mindset. And he was a highly successful. He is a highly successful person, and that just goes to show. And I think there's another. There's two other things about books too. Is you have you know, let's say there is somebody highly successful, right? And you want to look kind of dive into their brain okay you may not have access to see them one-on-one but you can read their book yeah you can buy their book for 10 bucks and you can get access into their brain another thing is which you can't really do with television and that, that kind of goes well along with this book never yeah, the I, difference by chris voss you know you can you can pay for his mat you pay for his master classes and and take his classes and stuff like that but if you don't want it or don't have the money for it, you spend 25 bucks in the book. Just yep. as good. And another thing, too, is that a lot of bo- books have been around a lot longer than television or Instagram, okay, or social media in general. Books have been around for a lot longer, centuries longer. And what you can do with books that you can't do with social media, Instagram, and, and television is you can, again, read somebody's thoughts from hundreds of years ago, whereas you can't do that with television. If they were to make a movie about that person, 
it's kind of just assumptions of what they've learned mm-hmm. and they put a movie about that person's life. They don't really know about the person's life. It's an assumption, right? It's a documentary about this person's life that happened way long ago. But if you pick up a book that that person wrote 150, 200 years ago before they had television, those are the same words that he wrote 200 years ago yeah. that are on the paper today. Yep. I mean, granted, you don't get a little um, different editions, but if you pick up a book that somebody wrote 200 years ago, it's going to be the same stuff that he was thinking then. So it's a way that you can you can. Tr- you, it's basically a way that you can travel time. I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. I invented the time machine to read books. It's a way you can time travel, and you could see with books how certain things written 200 years ago are still relevant mm-hmm. today. That's another crazy thing because, like, yeah, like you know, you can watch a video and they could talk about this person's life 200 years ago but again you know that's someone narrating about their life you don't really not saying that it's not true but it doesn't have the same exact feeling or um it's secondhand yeah perception as if you actually read their biography read their book that was actually coming down to their brain when they had pen and paper and writing it down it's a totally different feeling so um reading is just good and it, it's it's like it's it's like a cigar, man. It's it's like a way to just to like kind of decompress and kind of just put up the walls and just relax and kind of just be in your own zone. Because it does take some effort to sit down and read, mm-hmm. but once you get the going, you can read for hours. And honestly, you don't even have to read. Like I think you should read every day. And I don't read every day. And I no, I, do I. I don't want to say I'm ashamed, but I I should read more than I do. But I do read and. I think that people should read every day. And whether you read five minutes or five hours, just pick up a book and read a couple of pages. Just something. Before, in the morning, just pick up a book with your coffee, read five pages. Yeah. If you do five, if you read five pages a day, okay, let's say you read five pages a day. Let's say an average book, right? Let's pick up this, let's pick up this book right here before I show everybody what it is. This book is, let's see, 127 pages, this book, okay? So let's say the average book is 150 pages, 200 pages, mm-hmm. 150 and 200 pages. If you read five pages a day, in one month, you get through 150 pages, okay? In one month, 30 days, five pages a day, 150 pages, you get through a book a month. If you do that for the entire year, you get through 12 books a year. It's pretty good. Imagine how life-changing that could be if you pick up 12 personal development books every year and you read 12 books a year. And that's reading five pages a day, which should probably take you no more than 10 minutes. See, for me, it's a little bit different because, like, I put my goal is to read five books this year, right? And to, to some people, that might be a lot. To some people, that might be really little. But the difference between what I do is it takes me probably a little bit more time because this because you book, write you write notes, yeah, like kind of what you do with cigars, right? You you have a whole cigar section in your phone. And you write notes about everything. When I read books, I highlight a lot of stuff that I think mm-hmm. is relevant, stuff that I like. That to be able, so one day I can reiterate it and tell it to somebody else. So I'll highlight it, and then I have Microsoft OneNote, and I'll and it's literally a digital book, and I will create a uh, a chapter or a page with that book and the title, and I'm gonna, I rewrite everything that I highlighted. Mm-hmm. So like for instance, for this episode, I have all these three books. I have all three written down. I just took like key points that I liked, kind of just copy and pasted them. 
put them on a piece of paper and printed them out so we can not talk about all of them, yeah. but just hit on certain points. Some key points about the book. Because I think it's, I like to be the person, like, kind of like, like the wise man. Like, you know, I always like giving people advice. So it's like, and I was even trying to give advice to someone the other day about something from this book. So like someone came to me with a situation. I was like, oh, well, you can handle it like this. And it's directly from what I learned in that book. Mm-hmm. And I would never be able to say that. So if someone comes to me or we have a topic or a conversation that, that kind of triggers something that is relevant to the books I read, I can go back. I kind of search like keywords and I'll find it and I'll be like, ah, you know what? That's what that, that's what it is. And that makes sense. Yeah. Let me say that. So that's how I, so like this book is 200 pages and I started reading it maybe in the beginning of March end of February. I'm almost done with it now. I have like, I think like 40 more pages to go, but, uh, sometimes it just takes me longer because I don't, I'll read like two or three chapters and then I'll go back and rewrite everything because if I were to rewrite all the highlights from a whole book, it will take me forever, and mm-hmm. I'd rather do it incrementally. Yeah. So, but yeah. All right. So let's. You know what? We're I don't know. Twenty minutes in. Let's talk about now what everybody's here for. The five books that we recommend. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. want to start? Yeah. Let's go. All right. So what? So let's start. First book. Here's book number one of the five books that you should read in 2021. So this book here is by John C. Maxwell, the 21 indispensable qualities of a leader great book you great, read it. yes great great, book. great short book. read but great book i like i initially turned me on because it, it's like a smaller book it has smaller pages so i was like oh i can run through this book pretty fast and learn and it was exactly that but um really good book i, I got some keynotes here i'll just i'll just okay. i'll try to go through it real quick yeah i don't have to read through yeah, all of them but it's very uh just give us the general overview of yeah, what the I'll book just, like, is about it's like some certain things that i picked up like um Let's see here. What's something good? You know, like four, tru- four truths about passion, right? Passion is the first step to achievement. Passion increases your willpower. Passion changes you. And passion makes the impossible possible. And then there's like little notes in between some other ones. There's four types of people when it comes to commitment. Ready? Cop-outs. People who have no goals and do not commit. Holdouts. People who do not know if they can reach their goals, so they're afraid to commit. Dropouts, people who start toward a goal but quit when the going gets tough. And then all outs, people who set goals, commit to them, pay the price to reach them. So cop outs, holdouts, dropouts, and all outs? Yeah. And I like uh, that. That's good. And it's just uh it's just stuff that like self and betterment, stuff to be aware. Mm-hmm. You know, I inspire to be a leader one day. Um, so I thought it was necessary to read twenty one indispensable factors about a leader. Yeah, it's got a good title too, because like you said, when you, if you're aspiring to be a leader in whatever position, whatever industry that you're in, or just in life, you know, you want to be, yeah, a, you want to be, that's what whatever in it, a leader, right? Being a parent is a leader. Being a manager yeah. is a leader. Being a boss being is a leader. Being an owner of a company is a leader. Being um, the person who raises I'll, your hands in a group of thirty people. Another thing, like being like the leader of your friend group. Mm-hmm. Right, everybody's got. There's a friend group. There's always like a, a person that kind of is like takes charge of things. Yeah, it's a book on how to do that. Um, Here, here's an, here's another here's the last thing I'll say. It's, the person who knows will always have a job. The person who knows why will always be the boss. Mm. I'll read that one more time. The person who knows how will always have a job. The person who knows why will always be the boss. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah, that's good. I like that. And it's then, a good line. Um, yeah, well, you know, just some high qualities. I mean, just some some little run throughs of 
21 Indispensable Qualities of a Leader by John C. Maxwell. Book number one. Book numero uno. Of Biblioteca numero uno. Biblioteca? Isn't that book in Spanish? No, I it's think? library. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Books in a library. Donde esta la biblioteca? <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, good. I, didn't, I, didn't, I knew it didn't sound right. It was, it was almost there. What do you got? Book number two. One of five books you must read in 2021. This is one of my favorite. I love this book. I talked about it on our interview with Armando Montalango. Okay. It's here. This one is called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. Okay. Fantastic book. And this one is more of, this is a personal development book told in the form of a story. So there's two different types of personal development books. There's the story form, which is this one. They obviously teach you things about being a better person or teaching you something throughout a story. Yeah. And then there's, um, I, I guess, the non-story version. I don't know what you would call it, but it's more of the knowledge dump where they just have different yeah, chapters. Yeah, knowledge right? dump, sure. So this one goes through a story of a guy in sales and – he is, I mean, I can read some of the back, but it tells a story of an ambitious young man named Joe who yearns for success. Joe is a true go-getter, though sometimes he feels as if the harder and the faster he works, the further away his goals seem to be. So it was once, and so one day, desperate to land a key sale at the end of a bad quarter, he seeks advice from the enigmatic Pindar, a legendary consultant referred to by many of his devotees simply as the chairman. So... He's a guy who's they call it's it's spin off the words the go getter right. There's always people that go get. He goes he goes and gets that. He goes he goes after right? go getter. Great song by Akon and Young Jeezy. So this one's talking about don't be a go getter, be a go giver, right? Don't be um, so quick to go and take things. Be quick to go and give things, mm-hmm. and then eventually be open to receiving when it's your turn. Okay, and and that's what this guy Pindar teaches the the sales the sales guy Joe, um, throughout the story. So I'll just go over it. There's a summary at the end. They go over the five laws um, in the book. So where here it is. The five laws of stratospheric success, all right? So these are the five things that he that Pindar teaches Joe in this book. Yeah. And the first one is the law of value. Your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment, okay? So he teaches them the first law is you have to give more than what you receive, okay? So whenever there's a transaction, you make a transaction with somebody, you have to feel that you that they are benefiting more in the transaction. You are giving more than what you're taking in the form of payment, okay? Uh, the second law is law of compensation. Your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So True. it's not so determined, it's not so much determined as to what you're doing, but it's how yeah. you're doing it um, and how many people you are serving when you're doing that. And okay. It's, and it's pretty, I mean, to go on that, I mean, especially in sales, right? Say you have a long time customer for 10 years. You have a long lasting relationship, probably because of how you treated them. Then maybe after 10 years mm-hmm. or so, you're kind of getting complacent. Like, you know what? We got a solid relationship. Maybe push a little bit more, get a little more percentage on this, charge them a little bit more here. And then you have a yellow, a little young go giver, that comes in and says, "Hey, Mister So and So, you know, I can do this, this, and this," and he might, he might think about twice about going over to the new guy as opposed to the guy who has ten year relationship with him because he's not, um, 
You know, he's not giving as much as he once was. Mm. He wasn't treating him right as he once was to get that initial business. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's, they it's talk smart. about it. They talk about um, in this chapter, people don't. You know, people don't go to a restaurant for the restaurant. <laughs> they go to the restaurant for the experience. Yeah. People are more inclined to go back to a restaurant that doesn't have as good a food but has a the best experience as opposed to going to a restaurant that has a little bit better food but the experience sucks. It's right? So it's not so much about what you're giving to the people, it's how you're giving it to them. And it's funny you say that because in this book Never Split the Difference, it talks about people think irrationally but make decisions emotionally. Yes. So experience is based on emotion, how it makes you feel. And that's why, as you just said, someone's willing to have a little higher, more, a better experience because it emotionally wise, it makes them feel better. Absolutely. So law of value, law of conversation. The third one is a law of influence. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interest first. So we talked about this on a previous episode of um, what does it mean to be a social media influencer? And we talk about giving more value to the platform than you mm-hmm. take from it. Yeah. And this is the law of influence. If you want to be an influencer, you have to put other people's needs before your own. You have to serve other people's needs before you serve your own. Right. And they talk about just being generous and making sure you take care of other people, your customers, right? We're both in sales. Make sure you take care of your customers' needs first. Otherwise, they will no longer be your customers. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the fourth one is the law of authenticity. The most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Okay? Yes. So in any experience, in any sales situation, in any deal, whatever it is, any relationship, the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. If you are a genuine person, honest, authentic, um, generous, uh, kind, just a good person, that is the greatest gift that you can give to any It's funny scenario. because in job interviews – I would people would say, all right, why should we pick you? And I would say something long like, you know, I'm sure you have other great candidates, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? They're not Eric Josephson. And everyone will always be like, huh? And I would just go over like the certain qualities and stuff that I bring. But the product wasn't, you know, the salesperson for the job. The product is Eric Josephson. And that's how I would always kind mm-hmm. of kind of uh deliver it. Yeah. And it would always and no and I mean it worked. It was absolutely. And the fifth one is the law of receptivity is the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. So that's the final, the, the fifth law. So after the first four, if, if you accomplish the first four, then it's the law of receptivity is being open to receiving mm. something when somebody wants to genuinely give it to you in return. And that's, I kind of take that, there was a, I think it was in this book or another book, but it was on somebody gives you a compliment. I think it's on how to win friends and influence people. There's another, but they say when somebody gives you a compliment, that is not an opportunity for you to compliment them back. It's an opportunity for you to just accept the comp and say, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Because they, if they're genuinely giving you something, that's not them fishing for you to give something back to them. It's not an opportunity. You don't have to give something back. Like if somebody says, oh, like I like your eyebrows or I like your eyes or I like your – you have a nice smile. I like your clothes. You don't have to be like, oh, I like your eyes. Like, you know, it doesn't – because then that means that – it doesn't feel genuine. Like if you were to compliment me on my jacket and I would say, I like your shirt, it's not as genuine because it's kind of like I'm just giving it back to you. I didn't yeah. think of it on my own. It, but I also think to that to that point is it also depends on the delivery and the, and the person. Usually you said because something, you know, people who give you a compliment are always for fishing for something back. But I think that's not necessarily, it's necessarily true. Some people do say, 
hey, man, I really like your jacket because they're fishing for something else. So Yeah, and that's not the right way to yeah, do it. Yeah, and though. that's why I'm saying you got to be aware of the of the way it's delivered and the situation and the person. You know, if it's some random Joe Schmo or, uh, you know, somebody on the street and they just say, hey, you know, I really like your hair, you know, the, the chances of someone fishing for something for you. Probably not. not yeah, just say thank you. Hey, thanks. I really appreciate that. And just keep going. It happens all yeah, the time. it's the same thing. Like if somebody's will, like genu- genuinely wants to give you something, you can just say thank. Just be open to receive it. Don't have you don't have to just like automatic. It's not a because sometimes I feel like sometimes when you do that, people it's not as genuine because you didn't. It, it's like this. If if you give me a genuine compliment and then I just throw one right back at you, it's almost like well. I wasn't thinking of giving you, just you a compliment. At, you just looked really Yeah, quick. like I wasn't thinking of giving you a compliment, but oh, you said something nice to me, so now I'll say something Girls nice do that a lot too. Girls you do know? that a lot. Girls be like, oh my God, I love your hair. And they'll be like, oh my God, I love your cardigan. And it's, I mean. It's I, not as genuine as yeah. if you would be like, no, thank you. for I appreciate that. And then at a later point, when you genuinely want to give somebody a compliment, like, oh man, I like, that's a nice watch today. Right? When it just, when it comes, when it comes from... What's the word? When it's not like a rebound, when it's just when you're just giving it right uni- off the bat. Uni- it's just unidirectional, right? It's so much more genuine than you just giving a rebound. Facts. So anyway, we talked about that book for a while, but The Go-Giver, that's the second book. Now Eric's got the third book. Book number three on top five books you should be reading in 2021. And I'm almost done with this book, but I've been wanting to read it for a while. It's called Never Split the Difference, Negotiating as if Your Life Depended on It by Chris Voss. Yeah, I've been waiting for you to finish this book and then tell me about it so I can read it because I want to pick it up and read it too. So he was a retired FBI negotiator. Then he went off on doing, you know, uh, like uh, independent contracting negotiating across the world. He's all over social media as well, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean. Not all, but I've seen like little interviews and interviews. There's there's something called a masterclass. Yes, that's right. The masterclass is like. The people at the highest level in their industry, and they teach people. Yes, and he's one of those. He's one of the people that you can take a master class from. But um, like I said, we're both in sales. But I, I want to get better, not just in my professional, but just be professional negotiating wise in life. Yeah. Right. So um, it's interesting because people, when you think of negotiating, people think like car salesmen back and forth. They're bending you over. They're hitting you over the head, like going back yeah. and forth, this and that. So. People don't realize that they're, the negotiation. Everything's a negotiation. Everything is a negotiation. Right? So, um, what does he say here? He says negotiation serves two do two distinct vital functions: information gathering and behavior influencing. Everyone is driven by two primal urges: the need the need to feel safe and secure, and the need to feel in control. Mm, um, yeah, that's a, that was from another book. That's a like the right? the, the primal needs that's not the name of the book but they talk about the primal needs of human back, it beings it dates back so security ne- control certainty is another mm-hmm. one so like i said negotiate so right here negotiation does not mean brow beating or grinding someone down it simply means playing the emotional game that human society is set up for in a world uh in a world where you get what you ask for you just have to ask it for correctly right so yeah, um, it's not about what you're asking; it's how you're asking. Exactly, and it goes back on. He provides different, you know, different tactics. Um, the why, reason why I like the book because he gives you a real world scenario where he was in a negotiation, um, whether it was a bank robbery in New York City, or if he was overseas in Iran, and it was someone getting kidnapped, and he had to figure out a way to get the you know the people back. 
But um, there's a couple of things. So he says, like, you know, be a mirror. Um, yes, know, mirroring is a, is a, is a technique. Is a, yep. So it's, you know, by repeating back what someone says, you trigger the mirroring, mirroring instinct and your counterpart will inevitably elaborate on what was just said. And it's also a form of active listening. It lets the other person know that you are indeed listening to what they're saying. So when you ask something saying yeah. like, um, you're talking about a story and they say, oh yeah, I went to the store the other day. I went to um, uh, wherever it is, Uncle Giuseppe's to get some milk. Like, oh, you went to Uncle Giuseppe's? Oh, okay. The one over here? Oh, okay. So right? the thing about that the thing about mirroring is that if to to mirror something to get more information because people won't say exactly what they said exactly the same way verbatim twice. Right. So if someone says like, no, I don't like that, you go, you don't like that? And they'll be like, I don't like that because blah, 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 blah. And yeah. they give you more information. So mirroring is like repeating like the last three or four words that they just said or like the the saying that was very pivotal in what they just said. And there's another form of mirroring too is uh, is mirroring their actions as well. And yes, it's a form a they, they talk about. Be, uh, getting into sync with the person that you're negotiating with. Yeah, because someone's sitting like this. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're, you're leaning over. And, and eventually, you'll you'll start to notice where you can test when you're in sync with somebody is when you're mirroring, like now you do an action, see if they copy you. Lean back in your chair, see if they copy you. And they'll do it without even noticing. And you're in sync with that. But you're on the same wavelength yes. as a person. And people are more inclined and more open, more comfortable with somebody that they're in sync with. I like all the psyche stuff. And they don't even know about it. Because Armando was big on psychology. Uh, psychology. Like, he, he said he read, he knows a lot about psychology. So I actually asked him after we interviewed him a couple of days ago, like if he recommends any good psychology books. Um, he gave me one. So, so you know, be a mirror. Uh, like you said, so the way it's delivered, tone of voices. So he gives you three different voice tones. Late night FM DJ. Which is kind of like the, you know, calm, calm yeah. like the one that's most commonly used. So it's slow, it's clear, it's like kind of like you're in control. Um, then you have like the positive, playful voice, like, hey, what's up, man? Mm-hmm. And then like the direct, assertive voice that like, you know, any A type CEO has, like super direct, but usually isn't used too much. And it's interesting that it's also, it talks about, we just said before, it's not a matter of, it's not so much what you say, but it's how you say it too. So yeah. if you're asking for something, right? If I ask you, hey, do you want to, um, like, do you want to film today? If I were to call you up and be like, you want to film today? Or if I say, like, hey, man, you want to film today? Yeah. Which one is going to be more? Because, like, if I'm having a bad day, right? If I'm having a tough day and you're like, yeah, you want to film today? I might not be inclined to reciprocate. But if I'm having a bad day, but you're super jazzed and you're like, hey, man, I'm pumped up today. Let's let's film. I'd be like, like, yo, you want to film today, man? Yeah. And I'll be like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. It's how you say it. So... You know, uh, so another interesting thing, he says, do an uh, accusation audit. So say if you mess something, like if you're like, you mess something up or it's kind of a, you're like in the middle of a deal or a situation and it, it's like the elephant in the room. So you bring it up first. I kind of as like, not like a joke, but how you deliver it. So say like if you're late on a deadline or something like that, right? Um, you're like, ah, you know, Justin, I'm an asshole. You know, I, I forgot about yesterday. You know, I know we wanted to do it yesterday, but I'm going to get it today. So it kind of puts it all up in the forefront. You like punch it right in the face right take off the, the bat. Out. You take yeah, the sting out. St- because if you wait, then the entire time that you're talking to this person, they're going to be thinking about yeah. that. And not really, but you're like, you walk in like, man, I can't believe I missed yesterday. Yeah. What a, I'm an asshole, right? I'm an, I'm a, and, he, and he says, he says, I'm an asshole works wonders. Yeah. Because like you walk in and be like, you know, just I'm an asshole. I know we're supposed to do it yesterday. 
I, I completely forgot. I did actually do it. I actually finished it today to give it to you, but you know, you know, I'm an asshole. And it already kind of takes this thing out because he was all, the other person was already kind of expecting to be like, dude, what the? Come on, like, what are you doing? Like, and it's funny when you call yourself that. The other person probably wants to call you that, but doesn't want to offend you. Yes. Like, you know, listen, I'm an asshole. I get it. Yeah. Like, you know it. I know it. I'm an ass. Right now, it kind of puts them at ease right off the bat. It's so it's so it's so interesting. Yeah. Like the whole psyche behind it. And then, uh, like you know, he says, beware of yes, master no, meaning mm-hmm. getting yeses up front. Usually raise some red flags. Getting no is the start of a conversation, the start of negotiation, and you can dig or you can dig deep. Why? Why saying no? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see what else here. And the last thing I wanted to say, which I find the most interesting out of this whole thing, was the calibrated questions. So calibrated questions, right? So calibrated questions. Um, it's it's asking the questions. By the why, by the way, you want the conversation to be guided, but you have the other person feeling con- as if they're in control. Mm-hmm. And it's usually by using how or what type of questions, not like close-end questions, where, like you say, not can, yes or no questions. Can is are yeah, those uh, are yes or no questions. Does do like you know? Do you feel good today? Yes. No. Or how do you feel today? I feel like this. I yeah, feel exactly. Like that. It's not a. It's a open end. It's not closed. Where it's a yes exactly. or no question. Exactly. And it's also that's another ta- tactic. I lo- I think it's in um, another. It's a, uh, probably how to win friends and influence people as well. But I think it might be skills with people. That's another book. They talk about he or he or she or the person who asks the questions is the person who's in control of where the conversation goes. Said so. If you're always in a conversation, however, the person who's answering the questions feels like they're, they're in, in control. control because you're now you're asking yeah. questions to them, and you can guide which questions you want to ask and where you want the conversation to go. But they're always in in the driver's seat because they're. It's like you're the GPS, but they're the driver. Because it, it's a, it's like you know who's in control of the conversation: the person who's always listening or always talking. The person who's always listening. Yeah. Because the person who's always talking is revealing all the information and saying. All the stuff they want to say, and the person that's listening is able to pick up. Obviously, you have to be a good listener, mm-hmm. but the person who's listening is in control because they can guide the questions um, to their other counterpart as still make them feel like they're in control. And it's also another way too is it's it, you are people always love to talk about themselves. People always love to answer the questions. So when you are the one asking the questions. They feel more comfortable because they feel like you are more interested in them. And it's like you're asking them for help in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you know, uh, you know, like, hey, uh, how would, you know, like, how can I, what's a good. Like, how would you do this? Yeah. Like, hey, uh, you know, you're doing this. You know, how would you do this if I, if I were you? And right off, you're asking them a question on how they would do it. So they, they, they feel in control because they say like, I would do it like this. Yeah, they feel and like you're asking for their advice. And they're yeah. giving you the information that you need to, you know, to guide the route. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says like, you know, stay really, stay away from really like why, like using why. Because why is like very like, um, what's the word? Like accus- accusatory, accusatory, uh, like you're accusing them. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's, yeah. Accusatory. Uh, or- accusatory. So it's like, you know, why would you do that? And it's like, you feel like you're being. It's uh, almost like a negative connotation about yeah. it. Yeah. So. So like how, what are how questions, right? Why, what about this is important to you? How can I help make this better for you? How could, how would you like me to proceed? How could we solve this problem? What's the objective? What, what are we trying to accomplish? How am I supposed to do that? Stuff yeah. like that. And it, and it goes on and it's smart because it's like, 
being in sales, I would always ask yes or no questions, and I and I was always the one talking, trying to pick back up what to say. Like I was, I was like, uh, 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 and I was just getting nowhere. Mm-hmm. And over time, I've realized like, the more you talk, the more they don't care. You want exactly. them to fucking talk. So exactly. it's a good book. So book number four on the five books you must read in twenty twenty one. This one is called "What to Say When You Talk to Yourself" by huh. Shad Helmstetter, Doctor. Excuse me, Doctor Shad Helmstetter. Um, so this is a book that is exactly what the title says is what to say when you talk to yourself. So what they talk about in this book is people have hundreds, if not thousands, times more conversations with themselves in their own brains than they do with everybody else throughout their day. Yeah. Okay. People said they talk to themselves. Right. You have your own thought. You're inside your head. You have thousand times more, thousands of times more conversations with yourself in your own head than you do with everybody else out there. So they say, are those conversations good or are they bad? Are you building yourself up or are you putting yourself down? Hmm. Right? So they always talk about, you know, you have like a coach, right? The coach, okay, so you go to the gym, you have a trainer, right? You go to the gym for an hour, okay? Your trainer is going to be pumping you up for one hour. But what do you say to yourself when you go home for the other 23 hours of the day? Are you pumping yourself up? You're saying, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. I got this. I got this. I'm going to be shredded. I'm going to be fit. I'm going to be healthy. I can. Are you saying that you're saying, no, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I need someone else to do it for me. You know what I'm saying? So you're having for 23 hours a day, you're in your own brain. But for one hour a day, you have somebody talking to yourself. So he says that the most important thing is what do you say when you talk to yourself? How are you pumping yourself up? And they talk about all these different techniques on how you can go through that. Positive self-talk. Look at all those notes. Love it. So this was, uh, this I just happened to open up, but these are five techniques of self-talk. They have silent self-talk, which is consciously or subconsciously, you know, everything we think about. It's everything that we think about ourselves. Um, So it says to monitor what you think or say and then flip, flip the negative. So if you were to ever say something like, I can't do that, you flip it, you say, I can do that. How can I do that? I can do this. Mm Right now, if you constantly tell yourself that you can't do this, I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't make enough. If you make all those things, then soon it's going to be soon it's going to be true. But if you say I do, I do make enough money. I am a millionaire. I am successful. I am healthy. I will will do. I will. You know, and you're pumping yourself up. You're just mentally going to be in a better state. In other words, self speak. We talk about as positive affirmations. Right. The if you say something over and over and over again, eventually you're going to believe it. Okay. This is another thing that they talk about. I was listening to a podcast. Um, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast and he had, this was an older one a few years ago. He had Neil deGrasse Tyson on there. And Neil deGrasse Tyson had talked about there's three different types of truth. There's an objective truth, which is true whether or not you believe it, right? It's like, like, um, is that sc- the sky blue? This, exactly. I said it the other day. The sky's blue, right? Right now, the sky's blue. Whether you, whether you believe it or not, the sky's freaking blue. Okay. There's personal truth which is more along the lines of religion. Like there are truths that you believe to yourself. Somebody else doesn't have to believe it. And um, no matter what they say to try to persuade you, it's not going to change. You believe it to your bones, okay? And then there's what this one talks about is, um, or kind of, is political truth. Is when something, it's more the lines of something is true because people say it is, because they've said it over and over and over again. Time and time again, they've said it on whatever news channel and it's true. Mm. So they make it true. They've said it over and over and over again, so people start to believe it. It's the same thing with this, is if you st- tell yourself something over and over and over again, you'll start to believe it. Um, self-conversation. It's talking to yourself out loud. Ask questions and answer them. Tell yourself exactly what you want and um, and who you who you are or want to be. 
So it's also like like pumping yourself up, like in the gym, right? If I'm sitting there and I'm going for a, a, a one rep max, talking to myself like, are you going to get this? Hell yeah, I'm going to get this. Are you going to get so this? Fun. Hell yeah, I'm going to get this. so true. Dude. And it hypes you up. In the, like When I wake up in the morning, I go to the gym at like 6.30. Sometimes in the morning, I don't feel like getting up. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get up. But what I say to myself is, you're a fucking bitch. You're a fucking bitch if you don't get up. Get the fuck up. You're a fucking bitch. Don't be a bitch. And I get up. because You of, get up, right? I get up. because Hype it's so, yourself up. It's so wild. It's, it's And it works. It's the other so one is, is self-write. Words of self-talk you write down for yourself. Write phrases of personal development or on index cards and read them aloud to yourself, right? Writing down your goals, writing down your affirmations, yeah. writing down what you're grateful for. All of these things work. And then record itself talk. Record yourself talking about you and listen to it. Record your daily affirmation and self-talk. So hearing your own voice. A lot of people are uncomfortable with their own voice. right? But if you constantly, if you do all these things, you're constantly telling yourself and hyping yourself up, you're going to be in such a better mood. You're going to accomplish all your goals because nobody, if, if you have, let's say you talk to, let's say you have 50 conversations with other, which is a lot. Let's say you have 10 conversations with people a day, but you have a thousand in your own brain. Regardless of what those 10 from everybody else, that's not even going to matter if those thousand that you say yourself yeah. are all positive, not even going to matter what anybody else says. No doubt. Because you have you have way more positive conversation with yourself than anybody else can tell you. It's so true, man. So true. So, so that's true. just one part of the book, but they all they talk about other things like how to program your brain and they talk about the five different levels. Um, but it's That sounds a, like a good book. It is a very good book. I enjoyed it. Nice. So anyway, um, what to say when you talk to yourself, a Shad Helmstetter. So now we saved the best for last, and we're right on time. We're coming down to about an hour. What? I knew this was going to be a long one. I know it was going to be a But it's good. It's a good, this is a good topic. This is good man. shit. And I've had to light my cigar like four times. I tried to cut. I tried to correct it. I don't know what it is about this cigar, but let's go into this book. Now, this is, as you can see, we both have it. We bo- oh, yeah, boy. Both have it. So this is Napoleon Hill. Outwitting the Devil. My brother Classic. actually told me. My brother actually told me about this book, and it sounded your so brother. Much. And I told you about this book. But you told me about it. But uh, I think maybe I told my brother about it, and he had it. Maybe that's oh, what okay. It was. I was gonna so, say because I definitely remember telling. Because as soon as I read this, I went to him I'm like, "Yo, you gotta yeah, fucking read, you gotta this, read this book, book man. man. You gotta but, uh, read this book." So yeah, so this book is about Napoleon Hill sits down with the devil. The devil. Everything is the devil to you, mama. And he has a full-on interrogation conversation about who the devil is, what he does, how he has control, what his secrets are, and they're all why questions. He's all he's interrogating. He's them. interrogating. This is this is a situation where you do use you do use these why questions. And I, let me let me preface this for a second here. Now, whether or not okay, we don't get religion religious on this podcast, but whether or not you believe um, in heaven and hell, whether or not you believe that there's a devil. Just read this book, and if you don't believe there's a devil, it doesn't. It's more along the lines of negativity, the negativity, fear. right? Fear that they say that the the devil is not necessarily. I think they talk about in this book. He, okay. The devil says it himself in this book that it's not necessarily a red monster with horns and wings. Okay, that rules hell. The devil is the negativity and the fear that is instilled in everybody. Mm-hmm. Whether it's fear of failure, fear of poverty, fear of, of succeeding, fear of commitment, right? The fear and the negativity is where the devil lies in in society, in the world. And he interrogates the devil and asks him, like, how do you control me? And he says, I control people through fear. 
Mm-hmm. I instill fear into people to prevent them from doing the things that they want to do. I got it all do. right here. Cut. And it's fantastic. So whether or not you believe that there's a devil, whether or not you believe in Christianity, I would still read this book. And if you don't believe in the devil, then just sub out the word devil with whatever thing that you believe well, in. Just sub it out with negativity. It's To go off right off of that, one of the first questions is start by telling me where you live, the description of your physical appearance. Mm-hmm. So he says, I have no physical body. I consist of negative energy. I live in the minds of people who fear me. I also occupy half of every atom of physical matter and every unit of mental and physical energy. I am the negative portion of the atom. And that's fucking heavy, right? That's some heavy shit. So the other question is, well, who occupies the other half of the atom? Um, The other half is my opposition. He goes, who's your opposition? Well, again, whether you believe in God or not, he says all the you know the earthbound people they call it God, um, and he goes, "You have the universe divided up with God." And he goes, "It's not my claim; that's a fact." So it's like it's it's cool. So that's what I'm saying is whether or not you believe in you know heaven and hell, um, just think God positive and the devil, negative. Just think, yeah, good versus evil, positive versus negative, yeah. whatever it is, and then just interpret that. And that's what I wanted to you know talk about. Is preface in this book because everybody's saying, "Oh, outwitting devil." I don't believe in God, and I'm not going to read the book. It's yeah. like, no, you got to take it. You know, think about this. Napoleon Hill was Christian, and that's why he wrote. You know, that's not why he wrote this book, but that's why the book is kind of written the way it is. Mm-hmm. But think of it as good versus evil, positive and negative. That's, that's that's how exactly how you think about it. It's bad versus good, positive and negative. Um, I mean, it, and it's literally, and, it, and it's literally the whole book is Q and A question. Yeah, blah blah blah. Answer blah 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 blah. I mean, it's a fantastic, fantastic so, book. And the key is talk about the fear. Like, key, the key thing that he asked the devil is like, how do you control people? Like, how mm-hmm. do you get into the minds of people? Goes fear. So it says. So the question is: It seems it seems you go out of your way to keep people from thinking. So he responds: Yes, accurate thought is the death of me. I cannot exist in the minds of those people who think accurately. I do not mind people thinking as long as they think in terms of fear, discouragement, hopelessness, and destructiveness. When they begin to think constructively in the terms of faith, courage, hope, and definiteness of purpose, they immediately become allies of my opposition, and that's where they lose to me. Mm-hmm. So they talk, he t- talks about that, and all the negativity is how he can consume people's mind, and he talks about he creates what he calls drifters. Yes. So he makes people through fear, through negativity, through hopelessness, through doubtfulness, through despair, through all of these negative thoughts that go into your brain, he can control you and make you drift through life and never amount to anything, never yeah. go after the goals and the dreams that you want. But as soon as you start thinking the opposite and start thinking what what you say when you talk to yourself, I can do this, I'm hopeful for mm-hmm. this, I have faith, I know I can do this, and you start thinking in these positive forms he loses control of you and then you can now you have the power to go after everything that you want it's and it's bizarre but i it's the same thing when i think when i'm waking up in the morning to go to the gym i think of the same exact thing it's like if i stay in bed and i sleep for an extra 30 minutes you know it's like devil got me it got me right the bad the bad person got me the bad thing got me you're a bitch get the fuck up and go to the gym and i go to the gym so he's saying that basically he can take over your mind through fear and prevent you from doing the things that you mm-hmm. want to do. Because let's say you want to open up your own business. He'll get into your brain through fear, fear of the failure, unknown, fear failure of failure, fear of, funds, fear of exactly. Fear of and he'll prevent you from opening up the business. But if you can think for yourself and you can talk to yourself and think positively, think critically, you can open up your business and you can achieve all the things that you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. 
But through fear and through negativity, he prevents people yeah. from going after and amounting to thing, keeps people drifting, keeps people, uh, we like to call them sheeple. Sheeple, yeah. So, And there's a whole lot more notes. I see you have a ton of notes. Yeah. Um, but we're getting towards no, the past That's the hour. really it. But Outwitting the Devil, Napoleon Hill, definite freaking read. Get to it. Get to it. So those are the five books that we recommend that you should be reading in 2021. Five books for 2021 to get better, to be better. To make better use of your time and life and just strive in success in whatever you do. So thank you for watching this episode. <laughs> if you like this episode, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. And please hit that bell to be notified for new videos. We drop a new podcast every single week. And we have other videos like cigar reviews and some educational stuff throughout the week as well. If you like this podcast, whatever you're listening, if it's Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Or hit the five, the highest rating you can. Five stars, five thumbs up, whatever. Please hit the subscribe. We appreciate it. Go follow my good friend over here, Brother Cigar. Follow myself, the Dapple Cigar. Dapple Cigar. The Dapple. <laughs> the Dapper Cigar. And follow Burndown Podcast. But that's going to do it for us on the Burndown Podcast here. Thank you very much for watching. And we'll see you next time. Thank you guys for listening to us. Thank you, Cigar Chick and, uh, cigar chick and cigar Gentlemen, for this delicious lead. <laughs>